Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Buffalo Bills fans, it's Matt Warren, editor-in-chief at buffalorumlings.com and host of Buffalo Rumlings Q&A. The 2020 NFL Draft is in the books, so we've got a long, long off-season to look forward to. Before we do that, we're going to look back on the 2020 NFL Draft, answer your questions. As always, in the future, you can send us your questions at 716-508-0405. You can tweet us at rumlingsq&a. That's with the word and spelled out in the middle. Email us, buffalorumlings at sbnation.com. You can leave comments in the comments section of our uh, show notes at buffalorumlings.com as well. Uh, There's lots of ways to get in touch with the show. Facebook messages, Instagram messages. You can send us all your questions going into the offseason, and it could potentially be a pretty long offseason, so get your questions in for our future shows. We've got a lot to talk about. The Bills uh, added a pass rusher, uh, some wide receivers, running backs, all over the place. So let's get right to your questions now. question I always get after the NFL draft is, well, what do you think of the picks? And uh, folks expect me to, I don't know, go through a rundown or something like that. The the most important thing that the Bills could get out of this draft was some long-term stability at several positions, and they got that. They were able to use their picks on players that could actually make the roster, too. Um, one of the things I've been saying all the way leading up to the 2020 NFL Draft was I thought Brandon Bean didn't have seven spots on his roster in order for the Bills uh, to actually be able to place their draft picks on the roster. But I think every one of the players that he picked has a chance at sticking at the roster. Um, using a six-round pick on Tyler Bass, the kicker, uh, that's a, a position in round six that could make the roster. Uh, a cornerback, a long-term cornerback option uh, in the seventh round is a pick that could make the roster as a special teams player and a depth cornerback option. Even if he's not active on game day every week, he could still be on the, you know, the tail end of the roster. You know, Jake Fromm, uh, the quarterback picked in the fifth round, probably not going to be active on game day, but has a chance to make the roster and is probably going to make the roster. You look at all the players that they picked and each one of them has a shot at making the roster. So there's no throwaway picks here. There's no, you know, 15th wide receiver or, um, I don't know, set six or seventh running back. You know, there's, there's players on this roster or players that were drafted have a strong chance of making the roster. And that's one of the things that I was looking for heading into the 2020 NFL draft. They also have that uh, opportunity to be long-term contributors. Pretty much all of them uh, have the opportunity to be long-term contributors, whether it's at a position right now or a position down the road or 
like in the case of their uh, top pick, AJ Epinesa, he has a chance to be a contributor right away at a, an answer long term at the defensive end position. Uh, so those are all the things we've been talking about on this show, at least heading up to the 2020 NFL draft. And the Bills were able to do that. Um, I did put together an article uh, listing the winners and losers from the two, 2020 NFL draft. I went through all the players that were on the roster, uh, who benefits the most from the draft picks, who was hurt the most by the draft picks. So make sure you go check that out in our NFL draft section uh, right at the top of the homepage at buffalorumblings.com. We've got instant um, news on each pick as well, essentially explaining what they did in college and how they project to the Buffalo Bills now. We've also got instant reaction and an opinion piece on every single Bills draft pick. We've got the undrafted free agent tracker, which is always one of our most popular articles of the year, right at the top of the page as well. We've got podcasts with Dan Lavoie. Uh, he sat down with Circling the Wagons over the weekend. If you haven't listened to that podcast, it's a great analysis piece. There's just great content all over buffalorumblings.com right now, whether it's on the site or on the podcast network, and you really should go check it out. Um, so let's get to your questions now. All of our questions are coming from Twitter today. You guys have been slacking off with the phone calls, so make sure you get those in at 716-508-0405. We had lots of questions about the running back position, so let's tackle that early today. The Bills spent a third-round pick on Zach Moss from Utah a year after spending a third-round pick on Devin Singletary from Florida Atlantic. So the Bills are obviously investing heavily in the running back position. You saw Brandon Bean do this in Carolina when he was the assistant general manager when they were drafting um, D'Angelo Williams and, and putting big-time assets in the running back position. Uh, the Bills didn't do that with third, two third-round picks, but they did pick two guys that could stay together for the next five or six years and really be a force in the, you know, in the in the running game and in the passing game. Um, Zach Moss, as I've watched some of his highlights and some of the tape from him, I expected to see a guy that was like lowering his shoulder and running people over. Instead, he's just a guy that doesn't avoid contact. I don't know if he's going to bowl people over, uh, but he certainly likes to lower his shoulder and hit people. Uh, whether or not he's super effective with that is, is a different story. But uh, Sir Charles 84 asks us, how do you think they split up carries between Singletary and Moss? Who is the starter? It's a great question. I think Devin Singletary is probably going to be the starter. Uh, certainly, early on in the season as we navigate this coronavirus stuff and you know Singletary's been there he's done that well whereas Zach Moss is coming from a college program and hasn't done it in the NFL so I think Singletary is the guy you're going to see more of at the beginning of games but I do think as the game wears on Moss is kind of that closing back he's the guy that is going to wear down defenses and then eventually either Singletary or Moss can can break a nice run to, to seal a game. So Moss is a guy that you want to keep sprinkling in throughout the game. So starter versus reserve, I don't know if it's necessarily going to be the case. I think you're looking at more of a 1A and 1B type of thing, at least after they get their legs under them, pun intended. Uh, as Moss acclimates to the NFL game, you're going to see them trust him more and give him more catches and more touches uh, down the stretch of games. And it wouldn't surprise me at all to see them be closer to 50-50 than people may anticipate right now. Let's look backward to see what happened in 2019 with the snap counts between Frank Gore and Devin Singletary to get a little bit of a better answer. 
Devin Singletary had 50% of the Bills snaps. Frank Gore had 35% of the Bills snaps. If that kind of changes to make Devin Singletary more effective at 45% and you bring uh, Moss in for 40%, I think that's probably what, where you're going to see. It, even if it's the 50% to 35% like it was last year, I think that would be a very effective use of both of those players. Um as Moss comes in to like wear down teams at the end of games, like I said. Um, Singletary was clearly more effective than Frank Gore last year, and so his numbers were higher. If you see Moss be more effective than Gore was last year, there's no reason that they shouldn't be split. I'll, I'll say 50-50. It won't be 50% of the snaps because the Bills don't use a running back on 50% of the snaps. But if you see them averaging out somewhere in the neighborhood of 40 to 45% each, that wouldn't surprise me at all because I know that the Bills want to have Singletary with a running mate. Uh, he, they don't want him to be that bell cow back that's playing all three downs. They want to be able to you know, rotate other guys in to keep Singletary fresh to make him more effective when he's in the game. And Moss can help him with that, not just by taking snaps from him, but also by wearing down the defense and lowering his shoulder. This dovetails into another question that we're getting about the Bills running back position, and it's about Christian Wade. Christian Wade, of course, was allocated to the Bills as part of the uh, Pathway program. He comes to the Bills with a rugby background, of course. He had never played football until last year. So we've got a couple questions about Christian Wade in our feed. Enrique asks us, would Wade make the team? And later... Chris Spencer says, what's going on with Christian Wade in 2020? Is he still eligible for the extra practice squad spot? Heard some beat writers talk about it, but haven't seen anything official. I thought the exemption was a one-year deal. Yes, Chris, he is eligible for the extra practice squad spot for two seasons. So he has one more year of that. So the Bills will be able to carry 91 players this offseason and an extra player on their practice squad here in 2020. And it'll just be for Christian Wade. Once he gets placed on that practice squad spot, uh, he will not be eligible to be elevated to the active roster. I know he's aging. He's about 30 years old. He is going to be a preseason darling again. People are going to love what they see on tape from him. His athleticism is off the charts, and he makes people look silly when the ball's in his hands. But he doesn't understand a lot of the other parts of the game, whether you're talking about blocking or setting up blocks, because you weren't able to do that in rugby. Uh, He won't have special teams abilities except for as a returner. Uh, Again, he doesn't understand those concepts of the game, yet the nuance of the game. I mean, you're talking about guys that have been playing this game for... 12 years, 13 years when they by the time they even get to the league, you know, when, when their seasons when their uh, careers over, they've played 20 or 25 football seasons. Wade is playing his second. So uh, he just doesn't have the background to really make a difference other than with the ball in his hand, in my opinion. And so I don't think he's going to make the roster. I think he is going to make people drool in the preseason again. But um, they know better than I do, and they're sitting with him in the meetings and everything like that. But I just don't see a way where Christian Wade can make the roster. Um, They've got Devin Singletary. They've got Zach Moss. They've got TJ Yeldon. They can bring in another free agent if one of those three guys goes down. They've got Taiwan Jones, who can service you in a pinch. even though he's mostly there to play special teams. They've got guys on the roster that can play that running back position in the NFL and have for many years. So I just don't see a way where Wade cracks 
the roster or that they're comfortable enough, like, I don't know, having him pass block for Josh Allen or something like that. Thanks for your questions at Rumlinks Q&A on Twitter. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Next up, back to the Twitter feed at Rumlings Q&A. Nostradamus asks us, how secure is the pocket going to be for Josh Allen this year? Well, it's going to be probably as secure as it was last year. The Bills brought back all of their starters from last year and all of their top reserves from last year, in addition to adding Daryl Williams and a couple other pieces to their offensive line. Even though they didn't draft a player, they were interested in upgrading their offensive line, according to Brandon Bean, um, and even had a trade worked out to trade up and select an offensive lineman. But he was taken right before the slot that they had agreed to trade for. So they didn't pull off the trade, obviously. Um, So they are at least looking at upgrading their offensive line. I don't think they're fully set on that, especially past 2020, but even in 2020, Quentin Spain was okay in 2019, okay enough where they brought him back for a contract, but not a very hefty contract. I thought John Feliciano was aggressive and played with an edge that they didn't have on the offensive line, but could be upgraded. Cody Ford, of course, still needs to grow and develop into that right tackle role. Ty Nsecki is pretty old and uh, was injured last year. Um, so I don't, I don't think they're set really on the offensive line at all. So when you ask a question about uh, how secure is the pocket going to be, I think it's going to be pretty secure. Um, I don't know if they're going to be expanding their vertical passing game with the addition of Stefan Diggs and uh, Gabriel Davis. They you know, certainly should be expanding their down-the-field passing game. So, I mean... Is it going to be okay? Probably. Uh, they've got good depth. They've got you know so- solid enough starters. I think that it'll be serviceable. But if there is an upgrade available out there, they're going to go look at it as well. So I- I'm hoping it'll be good enough is the right answer, I guess. Thanks for your question over at Rumbling's Q&A. To go along with that, Chelso 6 asks us, while early, I would like to know how, who you see making the team on the offensive line and defensive lines. So since we're talking about offensive line, let's go there. At offensive tackle, I don't expect any surprises. Um, Deion Dawkins at left tackle, uh, Cody Ford are, you know, those two guys are locks for the roster. Um, I could see Ty Nsecki or Darrell Williams making the roster or both of them. Uh, if, if they're looking for a guy that can play left tackle, I think Nsecki's your better option. If they're looking for the better right tackle option. I think it might be Darrell Williams going back to his all-pro time with the Carolina Panthers. And then, of course, there's Ryan Bates that's in there who could be your potential swing player, very versatile player. So maybe Williams is on the outside looking in because he doesn't have that versatility. But that's a lot of offensive tackles. 
at the interior offensive line. I think that Mitch Morris is a lock and everybody else is not a lock. I think they could trade Quentin Spain, John Feliciano, um, or Spencer Long at any point later in this offseason if somebody gets hurt or somebody realizes they don't have anybody on there. So um, even Evan Bohm is a player that intrigues me as a depth option. Uh, he was recently signed but um, has played and started games in the NFL. So he is you know, an intriguing option for me. Uh, he's going to be kind of be behind the eight ball because they're going to lack an offseason program um, and maybe even lacking training camp. So the Bills, the fact that the Bills have all of their offensive linemen coming back from last year, I think is really beneficial for them because of the coronavirus stuff that's going on. So I, I think they're going to keep their you know, standard nine or 10 guys. So if, if you're going Deion Dawkins, Cody Ford, um, Mitch Morse, two guards whether out of Spain and Feliciano and Bohm and whoever so there's your starting five and then uh, you go with Inseki as your backup um, Daryl Williams as another backup interior backup Spencer Long or Evan Bohm you know you're at eight already there and then maybe they keep Ryan Bates around because he's so versatile or Ike Brooker around because he's you know can play multiple positions so I think those are your nine guys that you're going to probably roll with um, I I would probably go with um, keep Spencer Long, but I'm not talking about you know money, and I'm not talking about trade value. If they can get you know a, a late round pick for Spencer Long, but they can't for Ike Butker, I don't know how much of a drop off there is between those two guys. And I would take the the pick and then just keep Butker or something like that. So we'll see how that shakes out as roster cut down day comes comes through. But I do think you're going to see a trade at the offensive line positions. Uh, similar to what we saw last year with Russell Bodine going to the New England Patriots. The offensive line play, play in this league is not very good, and so the Bills have assets that they can trade, whether it is Daryl Williams, whether it is uh, Spencer Long or whoever it happens to be. On the defensive line, this is like a in, really intriguing thing. We've talked a lot about this in the Buffalo Rumbling Slack channel with, with the writers on the team, is that what really are they doing on the defensive line? They've put a ton, a ton of money and draft picks in here. So whether you're talking about Mario Addison, Quentin Jefferson, uh, Jerry Hughes, now AJ Epinesa, um, even Trent Murphy is one of the higher paid guys on the team. And those are all defensive ends. One, two, three, four, five guys are either highly paid or highly picked defensive ends. And then over at the defensive tackle, you've got Star Latulale, who is, of course, highly paid, Ed Oliver, who is a first-round pick, and uh, Vernon Butler, who's your big-time free agent addition as well, plus Harrison Phillips, who played super well last year. So they have such a solid group on the defensive line. Even Vincent Taylor played you know, pretty well down the stretch, um, you know, serviceable at least. So they've got tons of options on the defensive line, and they've got tons invested on the defensive line. So I think it'd be really hard for anybody to crack that um, upper echelon of the defensive line. I think Mike Love has played well in the preseason, but they clearly wanted to upgrade over him. I don't even know if Daryl Johnson's going to make the team coming out of the 2020 preseason like he did in 2019 when they felt like they couldn't let him hit the waiver wire. Um, he might be able to hit the waiver wire this year and go to the Bills practice squad to continue developing. So it's... It's going to be tough for somebody to make the Buffalo Bills defensive line right now when you have, let's just see, Mario Addison, lock. Jerry Hughes, I think, is a lock. Uh, A.J. Epinesa, lock. 
Quentin Jefferson, Locke. So you're, that's four right now, and that's just at the defensive end position. Do they trade Trent Murphy? Do they release him outright? Probably have to release him, not trade him. Uh, but he's a guy that they could get rid of if they <clears throat> are in a numbers crunch at the defensive end position. At the defensive tackle, they've got Vernon Butler and Star Latule, who they have already committed to for this season, Ed Oliver and Harrison Phillips. So that's eight of your off or defensive linemen already. How many more guys are you really going to keep there? So adding Trent Murphy gets you to nine guys. Um, <clears throat> keeping Daryl Johnson or Mike Love gets you to ten. That's an awfully long list of, of players, especially because they're not going to be playing those, you know, sprint down the field and tackle special teams like a linebacker would, a depth linebacker would, or a running back would. So those guys can be valuable on special teams and they can contribute, but are there going to be enough snaps there on defense for them to to be you know worth it? So the defensive line, I think, is going to be really where we have to keep an eye on during the preseason to see who's separating themselves. And if you know folks have lost a step or if a guy is like being relegated to the fourth string, like we saw last year with Eddie Yarbrough, we... We saw his slide down the the roster, and he was eventually released and put on the practice squad. So we can see some of that playing out on the field, hopefully at St. John Fisher College and in the preseason. Thanks for your questions over at Rumlinks Q&A about the offensive and defensive lines. The Bills have certainly reworked those over the last two years. this week's episode of Buffalo Rumblings Q&A, our post-draft edition of the podcast. Keep those draft questions coming in to 716-508-0405 at Rumblings Q&A on Twitter. You can Facebook message us, Instagram message, leave comments in the comment section at buffalorumblings.com. There are just so many ways to get in touch with the show and so many questions we have right now as the roster is really coming together. We should be able to talk about some undrafted free agents next week. We didn't even hit on half the draft class this week either. So there's a lot of stuff we need to get to a week from now. So stay tuned for that episode as well. Go Bills. Thank you.